San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear this show on any device as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on, on IY Money and also on iTunes. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a philanthropist, a lecturer, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I am great, Joe. I'm enjoying this lovely weather after what <laughs> seems like five or six straight weeks of rain. Oh, my God. We have had record, record rain. Record I mean, rain. Now, the only challenge now is dodging all the potholes in the streets. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit before the show. I, I, you know, if someone came up with some good technology to put on the front of your car, as like a pothole alarm or something, like coming up in 20 yards, I mean, might give you a chance to, to miss one, but... I'll tell you, you know, I drive a Prius. I almost fell into one this on the way over say, here. You can disappear <laughs> into a couple of the potholes I've seen. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just just a note to, before we get started with our great guest tonight. But uh, we had Julie Potaker last week, all about mindfulness over at the JCC Jewish Community Center in La Jolla. There, we did. That was a great show. Yeah, and uh, I, one thing we forgot to mention that she asked us to mention was the the whole motivation behind her starting this up uh, late last year was uh, in honor of her late mother Ruth Jacobowitz. She was a pa- passionate about uh, a passionate health advocate and an author and lecturer and and. Um, and her father also came up with the idea. So uh, we wanted to thank, thank them and her for, for that and wanted to note that. And then um, let's see. Also, uh, thank you, Richard, for hosting us at that great book, A List Party. Put oh, on my by, pleasure. Yes, Daniel. And, uh, do you have any Super Bowl predictions, Joe? Well, you got to go with uh, you got to go with Brady. I don't know who's going to have the flu and who's going to get awake uh, awakened in three in the morning. You know that's yeah, I know. <laughs> Set off the fire alarm. But Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about that. I, well, I'm, I'm picking the Patriots because all right, I think the evil empire always wins. Well, it's hard to pick until you know if uh, who has you know. I think the Packers. You know, uh, I don't think they were 100. percent They didn't look like the same team that beat Dallas. You know, in their stadium. Uh, I don't know. Atlanta looked like a good team. Well, yeah, but I'm, down ju- the field. I'm just saying they said they said the flu bug had gotten through the um, yeah. the Packers locker room, so right. um, they'll never admit it. Of course, they're all tough and everything. But, yeah. uh, but hey, speaking of Super Bowl Sunday, which is in eight days, uh-huh. got a great running event coming up in downtown Encinitas, the Cardiff Kook Run. Really, Kook is spelled K-O-O-K. So if you're feeling kooky, it's one of the all-time great costume events, just like my Oceanside Turkey Trot. Now is that going to be earlier? So in case yeah, it's like seven thirty in the morning. Oh, so okay. Have, yeah. So anyway, it's a ten k and a five k, benefiting some charities uh, there in Encinitas. But my good friend Seth Brewer and his father-in-law Steve are the founders of that great event. Awesome. You can run uh, six point two miles a ten k or five uh, k, which is three point one miles, where the Pacific Ocean is literally yards away. Uh-huh. Either to your left or right, depending on what direction you're running. Uh-huh. For about, you know, three quarters, 80% of the course. So, again, the Cardiff Kook, just Google Cardiff Kook, K-O-O-K. Sign up, come on out and run Super Bowl Sunday morning. Awesome. Um, or show up just before the race starts Sunday morning and sign up there for the Cardiff Kook 10K and 5K. It's a lot of fun, and 
the costumes are really, really amazing. Nice. And then uh, I wanted to thank Gene Sum one more time. Uh, the 32nd Annual Playwrights Project, they had it at the Old Globe. I went opening night on the 21st. There's one more um, day to see any of these shows. But these are the, the, the these kids are all, I think, 18 and 18 and under that have written these things. They've submitted 385 from all over the state of California, and these are the four best plays that actually get to be produced, and there's oh, wow. a couple stage reads. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. And... Um, of course, special thanks to uh, the Lipinski, uh, Sheila and Jeffrey Lipinski were there. They, I think, they underwrote most of the most of the whole thing. Okay. But it's it's at the uh, Harvey Sherman Harvey White Theater, the you know the the uh, middle theater there, theater in the round uh, at the Globe. And there's one more day for it. But congratulations on a great week of great shows. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. And we have to get to our very special guest, who's a good friend of you and the show, and uh, helps us do this every week with the, their support and. Uh, we we have to welcome back to the show. He's an officer at this new this new bank. He was with California Republic Bank. He it's was the with, same bank. I know, but they've merged now, and I now know. he's with Mechanics Bank. And welcome back, Sean Puckett, to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Joe and Richard. I don't know how many years we've been doing this together, but it's getting more and more fun every time. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Give us your official title. Are you senior vice president now? Or? Yeah, I'm the senior vice president here in San Diego and, and lead the San Diego region. And, and still um, under 50, and he's a senior. How do you like that? <laughs> he's, he's barely 40, Joe. Barely. Barely. Yeah, well, he was one of the 40 people to watch. Uh, 40 under 40. 40 under 40. So right. he's barely. We don't. So we've been watching him. <laughs> Well, Does the list get easier to make as you get older? Fifty under yeah, 50, but it's, sixty under sixty. Well, no, it's, it's like nine under ninety. You for, know, for people who have not <laughs> had the pleasure of hearing Sean on our show yet, just give us a thumbnail. How long you been in the banking industry, Sean? Give us like a little bit of your history and bio, just for people who may not have heard this before. Hey, no problem. I came into the banking industry um, in two thousand. I immediately came in as a small business lender, serving uh, the small business owner, and um, had a great time working at Union Bank for six years and uh, the training that I received there was was tremendous and I was fortunate enough to be one of the last people to go through their formal commercial lending training program mm -hmm. up in LA which at the time and for many years before was the benchmark in commercial training so shout out to Union Bank and all the great things I learned there mm -hmm. and then just to back up a little bit where, where you went to school and your major and all that um, yeah I went to um, USD mm-hmm Graduated in 97, really enjoyed my time there, had some great small classes and, and incredible professors and really felt like, uh, you know, just the cream of the crop type of a school environment for me. It was a good fit. And uh, a business major, accounting major, what was your... No, actually, I was a communications major. I originally wanted to be a college professor. I wanted to get a PhD and just do the whole gig. You know, and that's... then I grew up and I started running the numbers and I realized <laughs> that I couldn't afford to live in San Diego and do that. That's a great, you know, I had lunch with Jim Lampley, and guess what his major was at U.S. Communication. Went, yeah, University of North Carolina. I know that. And he went to grad school there as well. So yeah. uh, there's something to be said about for communications, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I remember days. getting teased about that uh, early in my banking career. Uh, why did you, what, communications, banking, how does that work? But, you know, as we all grow up in business, realize, realize communications is the fundamental piece of, of everything. In Absolutely. But, Joe, i got to tell you the story about the power of this radio show and collaboration. Please. We've had Lane Elliott on the show, who, yes. of course, back in the day with California Republic Bank, now with Mechanics Bank, who was a radio show sponsor as they remain. But about, what, about a year and a half ago, shortly after they had opened their San Diego Regional Bank located in UTC, Lane said, hey, we need a really, really smart and up-and-coming banker to run this place. 
And I said, well, I think I may have the man for you. So I actually introduced Sean Puckett to Lane Elliott. Uh-huh. This is what, maybe last, about a year and a half ago, right, Sean? Yeah, would have put, been put him together. In fact, I think you were up at a car show or something up in Northern California, and I tracked you down. And um, I, put, I put those guys together, and the rest is history. So the joke is always, if things work out great for Sean at Mechanics Bank, he can thank me. And if things wind up going horribly, it's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to blame somebody else. you got to deflect, exactly. Richard. <laughs> well, right. I know the press release came out last October about the great merger with Mechanics Bank and California Republic Bank. Um, do you want to tell us how that all came about and the reason and rationale for that, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Let me lay it out for you. So I joined California Republic Bank uh, October 2015. 15. That'd be 15, mm-hmm. right. Yep. And at the time, uh, California Republic Bank had been started in 2007 and one of, one of the fastest growing banks in the country, mostly due to their innovation and use of technology. So without any of the legacy systems that most banks had, they hit the ground running with the greatest and latest technology and then hired some of the best people and then targeted certain niche industries instead of being a bank for everybody. They and by the way, state-of-the-art state security. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I'll get to that too but their in a niche, minute. their niche was which, what kind of customer, though, you were about um, to say? Large fiduciary depositors, escrow companies, 1031 exchange companies, those kind of, those mm. kind of people are holding big deposits and mm-hmm. have really big concerns over cybersecurity, hacking, malware, mm. system takeovers. So what California Republic Bank did was innovated hardware and software to protect those companies from that and brought the hardware and software into their offices and gave it to them for free. Mm. And that was something that no bank had done yet. Like so, Bloomberg did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and then also serving the um, high-end real estate investor that had you know over $100 million in investments. Wow. So it, it was just a really slick bank that really knew who their target audience was and went and captured it. You also might... Good. Well, that's a tease right there. We'll come back back more about this merger and the great stuff that they're doing at uh, Mechanics Bank with Sean Puckett right after this. Hang on. Oh. Well, Chief? I like this. We're getting smart. Smart with your money with Sean Puckett, Senior Vice President, Mechanics Bank, where relationships matter. And when we last left off, Sean was telling us about how they serve... uh, very high fiduciary depositors. So you want to take it from there, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Just to wrap that up real quick, um, I was attracted to California Republic Bank because they really knew who their audience was and were doing things differently and, and in a more modern way. And I thought that was kind of the leading edge of what was going on. So, you know, fast forward to today, um, obviously that business model was different and successful. And so it gained the eyeballs of many, many banks and many bank investors across the country. And um, so enter Mechanics Bank. Mechanics Bank's a 111-year-old bank out of the East Bay of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Traditional community bank, as you would expect, that did everything from home loans to business loans to deposit accounts to credit cards to, you know, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a great platform for uh, the private equity investors that now own Mechanics Bank, the Ford Financial Fund. They have been in the banking industry and buying and building banks since the 80s. Mm. Very high expertise in this niche industry. Mm-hmm. So their plan is to build a statewide, regional, dominant bank in California. They started with the acquisition of Mechanics Bank, and then they bought California Republic Bank very strategically to blend that DNA, technology, and, and forward-looking thinking into what is going to be a dominant statewide bank. So we're just getting started. 
it's going to serve the state and going to serve San Diego in, in new and exciting ways. And I'm, I'm just grateful to be on board and, and driving the it's San exciting. Diego It's exciting. So Mechanics Bank, I assume their initial clients were mechanics or something, or uh, where did they get the name? East, of- East Bay of the Bay Area, Joe. It was work, working man's neighborhood. Ah, yeah. I like it. I like yeah, it. East Bay, as we called it. I grew up, I grew up well, on the South Bay. Very cool. Yeah. It's been really fun since the merger. Um, people seem to know Mechanics Bank if they're from the Bay Area, and they, they keep telling me all these amazing stories about experiences they've had. So hmm. got some good, um, good credibility out there. Yeah, but Joe, I got a funny story about a bank name change. My late aunt, my late father's only sibling, Aunt Mary, and we called her Auntie Bun. Her first job was working as a teller for Bank of America, but in that day... By the way, married to Bobby Riggs' that's brother. That's exactly, married Bobby Riggs' brother, John Riggs. In okay. that day, the Bank of America wasn't Bank of America. It was known as the Bank of Italy. That's right, yeah. A.P. Giannini. That's it, Giannini, the Giannini family. So anyway. Oh, so... That was the story. Was, <laughs> so she started working with the Bank of Italy, which became Bank of America. Ah, okay. Yeah. He was quite the aggressive guy. He was, I guess he was, um, you know... Um, Oh, really? Visionary. A banker for all the, the produce vendors and everything. Produce and he, his card, he'd leave a card, he said uh, to like his competitor, move on, I've already been here, or something like something that. Like yeah. that. <laughs> but did, did great um, charitable work in the city of, you know, after, in the after, aftermath of the well, I big am, earthquake. Yeah. So. Well, I am looking at the list of your locations, Sean, and I am blown away here. This is... How it's many, really grown. How many branches and, and do you have now? This is... Inc- I think we're 35 statewide. I am looking at a map with dots about on, that. Yeah, on the website, which we should give. It's, it's mechanicsbank.com, but if you go to the locations, it's, of course, this includes ATMs and, and everything else and, uh, and offices, but uh, wow, this is... Yeah, when you have 111 years to build something up, it yep. starts, to be, uh, starts to be pretty impressive. So now how many... You're in charge of the San Diego region, right? Yes. Okay. Which is a newer you know, entree for our bank. As yeah. of, you know, maybe a couple of years. Yeah, ago. because the California Republic um, originated out of Orange Ur- County. Irvine. Yeah. Irvine, yeah. yeah. But when you total up everything here, the 18, I mean, it's way more than 35, I think, from what I can see here. Yeah. This is... Pretty, it's a lot. Pretty, yeah, more ways to serve the people. Yeah. Pretty. But, Sean, community banks, they're supposed to serve the community. So we're sitting here in San Diego. Um, you're a banker. Small business. I mean, San Diego is very definitely a small to medium-sized business town. What, what, what's the outlook from a banker's perspective post-election interest rates are still low etc here in san diego and for small businesses shall we say on the west coast yeah so the future looks bright for small business owners for san diego as a whole and for community and regional banks who need some relief from the regulatory suffocation they've been experiencing Um, you know i think uh, small business owners and and the san diego community are, are looking forward to some corporate tax retor- reform, overall tax reform. Um, and the banks are looking, looking forward to some higher loan demand and some increased consumer spending is going to really benefit the small business owners. So, um, you know, the high tide rises all boats kind of thing, but it's really that positive economic outlook that the small business owners are, are having and, and we're finding this through different surveys. Um, and we all know that the small business owner is the one that drives job growth Mm-hmm. and creates a vibrant economic situation for any town. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously pro small business and anything that we can do to support that is going to be good for our city. And, and are smaller or, shall we say, community banks expecting maybe a little bit less regulation? I mean, uh, I would argue that 
in light of some banking debacles of 10, 20 years ago that, that the um, regulation was overstepping in terms of its impact on smaller banks. Um, are, do you think there might be some, some easing of some of the regulatory burdens that will allow some of these banks to be a little bit more fluid and effective? Uh, absolutely. And I'm going to kind of take it to another level and quote Stephen Mnuchin, who we expect will be mm -hmm. the Treasury Secretary. Um, many of you may know that he was uh, the head of One West Bank, which right. was formerly IndyMac Bank. And so he understands the environment from both sides of the table. His quote is, my biggest concern is regulation is killing community banks. We're losing the ability for small to medium banks to make good loans to small to medium-sized businesses in the communities where they understand those credit risks better than anyone else. Okay, so we know that that's, he, you know, he's, he's consistently bringing us mm -hmm. a pro-banking tone. You may not know, uh, well, you guys probably know, but the listenership may not know that the Treasury Secretary also chairs the Financial Stability Oversight Council. Mm -hmm. And what the Financial Stability Oversight Council does is identifies emerging financial risks, but in our current situation, and more importantly, they are the collaborative body between the regulators. And so Steven Mnuchin has said that he intends to use that power to reduce the regulatory overlap so that we don't end up with four big banks in the U.S. And so that leads me to believe that the community banking and regional banking um, outfits are going to receive the quickest attention. Mm -hmm. Well, let's hope so. Now, he did yeah, catch a little so. heat at the uh, confirmation hearings from the, um, I think the senator from Nevada, who's Republican, by the way, but, uh, you know, so <laughs> I, I guess, uh, you know, he got in a little trouble with uh, a lot of loans in back in the day, too, right? Well, let's talk about that. So the, the, the conversation was around the One West foreclosures and the rate of foreclosure and, and how they handled that. Now, they never wanted to be in the foreclosure business. They, you know, buying IndyMac Bank. IndyMac was one of the, you know, originators of, of mm -hmm. so many mortgages mm -hmm. back in the day and, and the aggressive times. And so I did a little bit of digging on this, and this is fascinating. So... What happened was the Obama administration had come out with a mortgage modification program, which we all kind of saw in the media mm -hmm. over the years, mm -hmm. and it was titled HAMP, H-A-M-P. Right. It was the Home Affordable Modification Program. So One West Bank opted into this program, and the program required the bank to do economic testing to determine whether foreclosing on a particular mortgage or having a mortgage, sorry, foreclosing on a home or having a particular mortgage modification would result in a higher return. So which one would bring a higher return? And to the extent the net present value was higher on foreclosing, the bank was forced to foreclose or receive severe penalties under right, the HAMP rules. For not doing so. So right. it was just really interesting that they were really putting that on him and then you dig a little bit deeper and find out that it was really born out of a regulatory environment. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. yeah, it was geared towards forcing foreclosure. Right, there's no question. Huh. Well, how well, about there's always more to the story. Yeah, but I mean, as far as mod well, maybe we'll cover a little bit more of this. But we got to we got to take our little break now coming up, uh, and we'll come right back with Sean Puckett right after these words. Hang on.
right, we are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do this show without our sponsors. Of course, at the top of the list is UBS with Michael Coranta. Speaking of working with high net worth families with their special needs, UBS does a great job of doing that. Again, Michael Coranta and UBS, a big thank you. Hey, it's, <clears throat> is it tax season or almost? We've got two groups of CPAs. One doesn't really participate in tax season. That's because he's got a more specialized CFO service firm. That would be Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics. And then more traditional CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito in San Marcos, California. More traditional services like financial statements and income tax returns. Also, our great friend, Joel Gruskin. <laughs> Let me try that again. Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow by getting them more depreciation in early years. So again, Cost Segregation Initiatives really, really helps real estate owners. Now, all this money these sponsors make, why don't you just go put it in Mechanics Bank, right, Sean Puckett? <laughs> Great place to make deposits. Absolutely. Our guest, of course, is Sean Puckett, who heads up the San Diego region for Mechanics Bank. And stay tuned, because he's got a lot of interesting things to tell us after I'm done blathering on about our great sponsors. Also, I just had a meeting with him a couple of days ago, Neil Staley with Hub International, an amazing employee benefits firm, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance. They may get really busy here really soon if the ACA gets repealed, but always going to be busy with employee benefits no matter what form that takes. Hub International. Also, the LG Experience in the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPAs' very best clients. In addition, we've got Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the head of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and he also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. And Brenda Geiger, the law office of Brenda Geiger, she's back as a sponsor. Brenda Geiger, of course, specializes in asset protection and estate planning. And as well, we have Elite Lifestyle Management with Michelle St. Clair, helping those of us who have no time get things done, simple things like travel arrangements, all the way, all the way to more complicated things like getting fishing licenses and licenses to land airplanes on private beaches in Cuba. So we can use our fishing license in Cuba. Elite Lifestyle Management, helping those executives and wealthy folks who are time-challenged. And uh, if everybody's getting hungry, thinking about working with all of our great sponsors, Joe, we can help there, too. We can. There's the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac, that puts on great foodie events all year long, including her, her terrific uh, Very Good Night dinner in June, where we broadcast from. Um, we've done, I think, for the last five years. I did six. Yeah, maybe, maybe six. Yeah. But, boy, what a great night that is. Yep. And also, um, you know, they do before shows a year with us as well on sustainability and food and, and science and things like that and related matters. Then there's also the uh, Stats Coffee Houses, um, one, the original in Normal Heights, uh, the second in University Heights, and the third in Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 365, all thriving, all crowded, and great food and coffee all made on site. And I know many of these sponsors, Richard, have been working with you for a great many years, right? Some cases, many decades, close to 30 years. Yeah. And also, yeah. I wanted to wish our amazing hostess of our great award-winning website, Courtney Lauber, who does a great job with her web. You know, she's recovering from knee surgery. Right. So, Courtney, keep getting better and quit skiing. Yes, and of, course, and of course, if you go to iymoney.com, there's a sponsor tab there. You can drop, There's a drop-down menu. You can click on Mechanics Bank and all the other great sponsors and learn more about them. And we've just done a little color uh, upgrading on there, and we've got more uh, upgrades to go, but it's looking much, much better. So thank you, Courtney. It always looked great. It looked yeah. even better. Yeah. So uh, back to Sean. Sean, so you, you mentioned regulation. 
Um, do you have sort of like a wish list in, in terms of regulatory reform that you as a community banker would love to see? I actually have a really interesting wish list okay. from the banking community as a whole, which okay. is much more comprehensive than my personal one. Okay. So let's go with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So one policy recommendation would be to end the tax exemptions for large credit unions mm -hmm. that act like banks. Mm-hmm and tax them like banks, mm -hmm. and retain that tax exemption for the mom-and-pop credit unions of which that tax exemption was originally created for. Uh -huh. I'm a big fan of credit unions. I actually have a credit union account, mm -hmm. but some of them have gotten very large, and they're all in the commercial banking space. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, another one, uh, and this actually comes from an old colleague, Todd Hollander, over at Union Bank. Oh, sure. I know Todd. To streamline the SBA loan process, um, that small business administration mm -hmm. loan process that really gets money out to um, some companies that a bank is kind of on the fence about lending to, but when they can partner with the uh, SBA, then they make the deal go through. Sure. That is a very rigid process, and it needs to be streamlined. Uh, another one is better flexibility with the Affordable Care Act. Um, the 50 employee right, small 50, business, yeah. um, you know, that that needs to be uh, calibrated. Tax reform for small business owners, we talked about that. Well, let's back up. Uh, ACA, what, what would be a little more fair? What would you like the, uh, well, how would you like it to work? I mean, uh, have more of a sliding scale kind of situation or, I mean, uh, is it a 50, 50 employee or, or raise the or lower the limit or what? what, what, what? I think, you know, obviously raising raising the employee limit. Yeah, I think okay. raising the employee limit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a company with 50 employees ain't that big. It's not. Yeah. yeah. And depending on the industry and the profit margins, right. you know, they're struggling to. And, and frankly, many restaurants have more than 50 employees. Exactly. And not even making money. Right. So. And right. of course, we have a part-time. That's the other. Yeah. The, the part-time count, I don't even know if that, if they, um. It's 50 positions full-time. But the point oh, is that's Well, you guys ought to get Neil Staley on here to talk all about He that. was on recently, and uh, he may be on pretty soon, depending yeah, on whether we can do the Health Care Act gets repealed we very right, soon. Right. We could at least yeah. do a phoner with him, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Even There's going to be some news this year, that's yeah. for sure. Okay, Sean, sorry to interrupt. But oh, sorry, keep, the list. Keep going. Hey, the no book problem. Of list. <laughs> well, so we're, we're going from the book of lists to the book of lists for bankers. Right, and then another one is related to that unintended consequence that we got from the Dodd-Frank... Act. Uh, full name is Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. And, and what was that unintended consequence? They that What happened was we accidentally made the two big-to-fail banks even bigger right. and spurred consolidation of the community and regional banks. Mm -hmm. And so today, the five largest banks in the country hold 50% of the assets. Mm. That's up from the year 2000, the five largest banks held 28%. So you can see how the monopoly is happening. Yeah, and I, I also read that I don't think we have any more banks in this country than we had like 50 years ago, right? Or 30 oh, years far ago. Oh, far fewer. In fact, fewer. Wait, Sean, you yeah, said... Yeah. You said 50 fewer. years ago, I believe there were around, well, less than 50 th years ago, we had yeah. 20,000 banks. Bank, okay. Now we're in like the six to seven thousand so range. It's been cut by two thirds. But yeah. Sean, you did say unintended, and then I I, I recall watching the uh, too big to fail on HBO, and they uh, when uh, the Treasury it was a Geithner at the time. They they made all the bankers come to D.C. I think on a Sunday at two in the afternoon and sat them down in the Treasury office and forced them to merge. I mean, he had remember the index cards, Richard? Yeah, I, remember, I watched that. And, yeah. um, you know, B of A, you take on uh, who was the big countrywide. Or, countrywide. You know, and that so was, do you know why they did that? Why? 
because if they handpicked the banks that were stable and in good condition and didn't make them do TARP, and they let you know that would basically the the innuendo would be that the other banks mm-hmm. were risk at right. risk at and risk, so that yeah. would create a run on the bank right, right. so they had to it was all right. or nothing right otherwise so. you get a run on some of the banks and everything yeah. falls to the so ground so they made made some strong or some weaker and some set up, set up the fail so that right. I, I i get it but uh the, the unintended and maybe intended consequences, you know, you, you have the small banks, uh, I mean, these big banks getting even larger, and, you know, now we are where we are. They have half yeah, the let's, assets. Yeah, but let's paint, let's paint it as a story. So okay. let's say you live in small-town America, and your community bank knows you. You've Your grandfather banked there. And because of um, an increased regulatory environment, that bank decides they're not going to do home mortgages anymore. What would you, most small banks don't do home mortgages right. anymore. So now you need to get a home mortgage Mm -hmm. and you've got a complex income situation because you're a farmer and you're part of the community and and your income isn't easily understandable by XYZ big bank in a completely different part of the country. Um, You know, I could go on and on, but I think you get it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even the the standard form to do a home mortgage application, um, unless you're like a W-2 wage earner, it's really hard to fill that thing out so anybody can understand it. Right. Anyway, interesting. We'll come back with more of Sean's wish, wish list and some policy ideas right after this. We're back with Sean Puckett. Hang on. All right. We're back with Sean Puckett, Senior Vice President, Mechanics Bank. And where shall we take it from here? All about policy matters uh, with uh, going well, forward? Well, Sean, Sean had mentioned uh, on a break about how it was interesting how a lot of the states that voted for Donald Trump, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, they are essentially served by community banks as opposed to large monolithic banks like we might be used to in Los Angeles or New York City. Mm-hmm. And I think it also gets to the question of how regulatory reform might actually occur. So, Sean, on, on that theme and this segment, yeah, how does the perfectly fe- from where yeah, we went how's the future? Break. How's the future look for in those scenarios, uh, Sean? Well, just to revisit, we talked about Dodd Frank. Uh, we know that the CFPB mm-hmm. was born out of Dodd Frank. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, right. and that has a director. His name is Richard Cordray. More about that in a minute. But the CFPB and Dodd-Frank has put some extra pressure un- unintentionally on the smaller banks. Mm-hmm. Okay, So how is regulatory reform actually going to happen in the current environment? I think most people on the surface would say, well, uh, Trump may try to remove Richard Cordray, mm-hmm. the director of the CFPB, early. His tenure expires in 2018. Okay. That is the political war ground right now. Democrats, Republicans, CFPBs in the middle, and that is sort of like a war ground. So I dug a little bit deeper to find out what's going on. And I found out that there is a different way to influence policy. Trump, the Trump has appointees that are coming up that control the financial regulatory agencies that make the major policy changes, and those changes can be made without Congress because, uh, you know, with the Senate Mm -hmm. 60-vote rule, that's going to be hard to pull off. Right. Um, But reforms can happen through budget resolutions that only require a majority, or they can happen through the agencies that can make policy changes within their tight framework. So that brings up the FDIC. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Martin Gruenberg, his term expires in November. So that's going to be 
another appointee. The regulatory body over the banks, the OCC, Comptroller of the Currency, Thomas Curry, Thomas Curry expires in uh, April 7. So the appointment of these directors of these agencies are actually going to have a lot of impact on regulatory reform and what I would call calibration of Dodd-Frank and CFPB. Okay. I personally do not think we need to repeal and roll back completely those things. Mm -hmm. There were things happening in the investment banking and commercial banking com communities where things were securitized, there was speculative investment, there's a lot of things happening that were not good for consumers and not good for America. So I'm not in favor of rolling everything back, but they do need to be calibrated. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Gotcha. Interesting. So um, forecast, uh, I had a note here about uh, the forecasting. Was, was, is that what you were talking about there, or did you have some other uh, items to discuss in that regard? Um, I do have a wish list for San Diego. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. My wish list for San Diego is that the community banks and regional banks in San Diego would become more specialized in particular industries mm. as opposed to sort of the current environment where I would say many of them are all, um, their differentiator sounds the same, the types of clients they want sounds the same, and it's a very generalist approach. Um, I think it would be really neat to see the community and, and regional banking community move to a collegial platform where Let's say everybody in town knows that Sean Puckett and Mechanics Bank is the best at banking escrow companies okay. and really serves that community, is in the community, putting money into it, innovating, and really taking care of those owners. Mm -hmm. Well, another bank down the street that knows that, they might say, hey, I really want what's best for you. You need to talk to Sean Puckett. I know that your friend referred me to talk to me, but you know this is, uh, is going to be better for you. And then conversely... Um, a bank that would step up and innovate in the construction space. You mm -hmm. know, construction's a big industry in San Diego because mm -hmm. we're growing so quickly. And I would love the opportunity to say, you know what, this particular bank is doing innovative things and really taking care of construction company owners long-term. Not in a cyclical way, but they're dedicated long-term. You should bank with them. Mm. And I mean, that's a little bit altruistic, guys, but I'd love to see banks really pick an industry and just love on it and create innovation and, and really be known in the community for being the very best. Yeah, and we've got some really cool industries, um, you know, the oh, bio, healthcare, biotech. Biotech, yeah. You know, for bankers who love to drink, we've got the craft brew industry. Yeah, uh, government contracting. <laughs> government contracting. The high, contract, yeah, yeah exactly. the high tech sector too, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cool things. So my wish list is that as new banks come out, that they really clearly define what they're good at mm -hmm. and stick to their knitting in that space. How about startups? Let's say some kids coming right out of UCSD or whatever have a great tech startup, and now they need to, uh, I guess, explore funding. Do they? Is there a good resource here in San Diego to? Um, well, you know, I've got a Pat Silicon Valley Bank on the back. You oh. know, mm -hmm. they've they've figured out a way to get involved with startup companies mm -hmm. way before a normal community or commercial bank would. Yeah, mm -hmm. most banks won't touch a startup because it doesn't have positive cash flow. Right. And that's the end of the discussion, True. unfortunately. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it is hit or miss, but... Uh, well, fortunately, actually, for the depositors, because yeah. if the banks are making specul speculatory investments on right. startups, then, you know, yeah. how does that impact, you know, your mom that has exactly. money in the bank? 
Right. Which I guess is why they go through the whole uh, uh, VC channel. Right? So, Sean, fun stuff and charity stuff. You, you did a bunch of surfing a l- uh, later la- late last year and some really cool stuff. You want to tell us about And then I know uh, you, you took a really cool trip related to surfing. Tell us about the fun things that you're doing. All right. Thank you. So, yeah, I went with a group of uh, real estate professionals and, and friends in my Point Loma community to Tavarua Island in Fiji, which is one of the premier surfing destinations of the world. We all took our wives, and we just had the best time for a week surfing the best waves (laughs) and um, just experiencing it together as a community instead of, you know, just going off on your own and doing it. It Yeah, well, surfers are sort of known as lone sharks. So it's good that you guys all went together. (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) But but then... But then uh, Sean also does surfing for charity. Tell us about that, Yeah, 100, 100 waves in a day. Is this true? Yes. So to benefit the Boys to Men Mentoring Network, which happens to be fixing the root of a problem with our young boys that are they're losing at direction risk. in, in junior at high risk. school, mm-hmm. at-risk yeah. boys, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that's their annual fundraiser. And so what we do is we go out and surf 100 waves in one day, and we get sponsors to, to support us financially, and we raise money for... Boys to Men Mentoring Network, which is a San Diego-based um, uh, charity that's and that's, a former like guest on our show. If you check out our yeah, archives, absolutely. do you, absolutely. All, do you always does it always take place in Mission Beach? Yeah, there? we yeah. do it in Mission Beach, right by uh, near Bel- Belmont Park. Yeah. yeah, that's right, Belmont yeah. Park. Shout out to Belmont Park. And gosh, if you haven't been down there lately, you've got to get down there and see all of the amazing transformation that's happening. I am so grateful for that. Yeah, it's, it's really taken off. Uh, yeah, but yeah. anyway, yeah, we get two hundred. We get. 200 plus surfers out there. We raised like $400,000. And um, I just can't wait for the event every year because it brings the surfing community together for a good reason. So when you hit like 50 in about eight years, do you get to do like 80 waves instead of 100? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Calibrate. That would be good. That would be good. Age groups. (laughs) Boys to Men, are they based here, by the way? Is that a local Yeah, they started 16 or 17 years ago. And um, do they have other, are they helping out in other communities too, or is it mostly just San Diego based? So, what's happened is other um, parts of the country and other parts of the world have modeled their um, program. Mm. And so, they are also Boys to Men chapters, but it's not centrally located in San Diego. They kind of operate independently with strategic advice and counseling from the founders in, in, here in San Diego. Isn't that great? That's yeah. terrific. Yeah, it's a great charity. Well, it's nice when you get. Uh, I just can't imagine doing 100 waves in a day. So you get some of these kids. Obviously, um, you you find out that they've turned their lives around and and have done. Here's some case studies right on the website. I'm so seeing. here's the basis of it, guys. So as in, guy as in, in, as young boys are growing up without a father. Oh. Yeah, we have we to wrap up pretty yeah. soon, but. Uh, Anyway, if you go to boysdemen.org and also mechanicsbank.com, uh, you know, you can learn more about Sean. But we've got Sean, really appreciate it. Yeah, Sean, thanks for all the great stuff you do and your expertise is always appreciated. So is it unanimous? Patriots are going to win? I don't know. We'll find out. But anyway. Okay. Thanks see- for having me, guys. I always appreciate it. Senior the VP, mechanicsbank.com. Get over there, folks. Richard, great seeing you this week. Sean, uh, uh, Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound terrific. And uh, to Dave, uh, Dave Smith, Sniff, our program genius, our account executive. Thank you. And also all these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com we'll see you next time bye-bye now